Um, and the study we're going to talk about today is the Global Business Ethics Survey, which is really the only study of its kind in our industry. It's a longitudinal cross-sectional study if there are stats fans in the, in the crowd. Um, but it is meant to be a global look at the state of ethics in workplaces around the world. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series sponsored by the Ethics and Compliance Initiative, or ECI, on the 2021 Global Business Ethics Survey. In this five-part series, I'm joined by Dr. Pat Harned, president of ECI. Since 1994, ECI has conducted the only cross-sectional study of workplace conduct from the employee's perspective. ECI's Global Business and Ethics Survey provides the only global benchmark on the state of ethics compliance in business. This year's GBES is the first compliance-related survey conducted after the global pandemic hit. Over this series, we will review the key findings, how retaliation against whistleblowers is taking an alarming term, the impact on COVID-19 on compliance, and we conclude with conclusions and recommendations. In this episode two, we take up key findings in the 2021 GBES. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Pat Harnard, president of the Ethics and Compliance Initiative, ECI, for episode two in our five-part series on the 2021 Global Business and Ethics Survey. Pat, first of all, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. It's great to be here again. Pat, in this episode, I wanted to go into a little bit of the numbers and around some of the key findings from this year's report and really start with uh, ethical culture. Um, What did the survey show and how did you really see this as a trend going forward? So first, a little bit of background. We measure culture through a series of metrics. So it's not just a simple question, what's the culture like in your organization? We look at a lot of different dimensions um, and then roll them together into an index that we've developed over the years. What we basically found was that this year, about one in five, 21% of employees say that they work in an organization with a strong ethical culture. That has actually remained fairly consistent Since the last time we did this survey, a little bit higher from 2013 when we measured it last, but uh, the one in five number has remained fairly consistent. One of the uh, interesting data points that I found, Pat, was in a uh, chart entitled Culture Strength Index Management Level. And you looked at literally um, four levels of management or three down to us peons at the bottom. But I was wondering, uh, just sort of looking across on that index, do you see a dramatic increase or are things really staying about the same in terms of uh, top management, middle management, first line supervisors, and then non-management? There were some surprising shifts when we looked at management level. One of the things we saw was that there was a decline in the number of top managers, very senior people in businesses who said they work in strong cultures. Um, With respect to middle managers and non-managers, non-management employees, their responses were fairly consistent with as they have been in the past. First-line supervisors were more likely to say that they work in strong cultures, which is actually sort of surprising. While at the very top, 
the view is getting a little dimmer, first line supervisors are more likely to say they're working in a strong culture. And so the other interesting interesting thing was around your global trends, and you plotted this out by country in Culture Strength Index globally. And I was wondering, uh, was this a surprise to you? Was it fairly consistent with what you would have expected? Because we had two uh, pretty high, at least in this survey, uh, of culture in countries for corporations. But uh, could you have a few thoughts on that as well? Sure. There were some surprises. I mean, we have in the past when we've looked at all of the global differences, we've called out uh, Brazil, Russia, India, China as usually having the highest and lowest numbers with respect to most of the metrics that we look at. Um, but <clears throat> when it came to culture, again, some some sort of similar findings that those were the countries that were outliers, but for very different reasons. So, for example, um, per the extent to which people said they work in a strong culture was highest in India. Um, it was low. One of the lowest metrics was in Russia. So the difference is 28 percent of people in India said I work in a strong culture compared to only nine percent in Russia. Uh, Brazil is also pretty high when it came to that metric. Twenty five percent of people said they work in strong cultures. So what really stood out, and this shows up in the report in the form of kind of a line chart, but there's some very big differences. So really only three, three of our 10 countries said had higher perceptions of culture and the rest were fairly low. Uh, frankly, the one that surprised me the most was France. Mm. Uh, and it was because it was so low. Uh, I thought, I thought differently, and perhaps it's because I know people in the French compliance industry uh, or something else, but that that one surprised me. I guess Russia didn't surprise me as much, but to have France below, Russia did. Yes. In fact, only 8% of people in France said that they work in a strong ethical culture. It is surprising, and it's hard to know if there are particular metrics that are driving that or if there were external factors that were driving that. One thing I think we have to take into account is that this survey was fielded in the middle of the pandemic. Um, so it also could be that people's perceptions more broadly were affected by that, especially when you're look, asking them questions about uh, perceptions of top management and willingness to report and other things like that. But but it was a surprise. And it's I, I, I wish I could say we know for certain with certainty why that is, but they did stand out. Pat, if we could turn now to one of the more troubling findings or disturbing findings, or certainly one everyone needs to pay attention to, and that was the pressure to compromise standards is now it's as as high as it's ever been. So maybe you could start off by walking us through the numbers and then we might explore what it might mean. Sure. It, over the years, pressure has been a metric. We've actually, the very first survey we ever did was in 1994. We, the bulk of our data began in 2000, but pressure was a question that we actually started asking with the very first survey we did. And it was because we knew that pressure is a really important metric when it comes to gauging how much misconduct is really happening in your organization. Um, but over the years, the numbers haven't moved a whole lot until, that is, this year. So in 2017, about 16% of employees said, I feel pressure 
to compromise standards in order to do my job. It's not just performance pressure, it's cutting corners. This year, 30% of employees said they feel they have to cut corners in order to do their job. That's an exponential increase. It's a 47% increase in the U.S. It was a 31% increase globally, taking into account the 10 countries where we surveyed. And it's alarming that about almost a third of all of our employees are saying they feel they have to cut corners to do their jobs. The other uh, couple of other interesting factors were uh, the percentage of employees experiencing pressure. Uh, once again, this is uh, management level, top management, middle level, and excuse me, middle management, and then front line. And it was really the middle managers that seemed to be feeling the most pressure uh, in, in a way that, in my mind, jumped up pretty much uh, from the last survey. Yes, and in a lot of ways, the the trend for middle managers, when you look at the, the charts compared to each other, the averages and just by broken out by management level, middle managers mirror the overall trend. They're a big driver in the increase in those numbers. And, and of course, top managers, too, were very likely to say they feel pressure to cut corners as well. It looks like when you look at what the data is showing, the higher you are in the organization, the more likely you are to feel pressure to compromise standards. But this year, middle managers actually emerged as feeling more pressure than top managers, which is a first. So there's some sort of dynamic happening there, something of, and it it could well be that, um, I mean, middle managers are the people who are trying to carry out strategy, trying to, um, they're trying to reinforce the tone coming from the top, but but, uh, the troubling trend is that they're feeling like they have to actually break the rules in order to do those things. Pat, in trends three and four, and trend three, you saw more employees are observing misconduct. In trend four, you saw more employees were reporting misconduct, and both of those numbers were up. Do you find that those findings together are consistent uh, around uh, if misconduct is occurred, it's it's seen and it's reported more? Yes, and there's some encouraging news sort of hidden in there, buried in there. I mean, it's it's never a good thing when we say, well, misconduct is trending upward. That's the nightmare for every business leader out there. Uh, But the good news that goes along with it is that people are far more likely to be reporting observed misconduct. So this year, 86% of employees in the U.S. who observed misconduct said that they reported it to management. And they not only did they report it, if they saw multiple types of misconduct, they reported it every time, which is, and one of the things we've learned from this research is that reporting behaviors are a reflection of ethics and compliance program work. So it's a nice measure that while misconduct is going up, not good, um, it does appear that the work that we're doing in our industry to establish good, high quality ethics and compliance programs is having an impact because employees are reporting. Uh, one of the interesting findings I saw uh, around the reporting of misconduct was in the global trends, because it looked like to me globally we had an increase in reporting and really due to a lot of cultural factors outside the United States, 
uh, whether it's it's really not raising your hand and speaking up, whether it's uh, uh, a legacy of, of World War II and other political regimes, or even a sort of uh, you, you don't disrespect your supervisor by saying something about them because of a, of a culture around that. Um, all of those seem to be breaking down a little bit, and we actually see, at least I, if I'm reading this right, more reporting globally is, did I read that right or is that a fair assessment? That's actually correct. So um, there, tw- it, there was a 22% increase in willingness to report or employee reporting of observed misconduct globally, um, which is higher than what we saw actually in the U.S. And that's an excellent trend. So the other thing, though, that stands out when we look at the global data around reporting, there are some things that have been fairly consistent. So, for example, in past years, we have said uh, in India, in the UK, there are some countries in Mexico, there is a higher likelihood of employee reporting. But we saw major increases, significant increases in other countries around the world this this year. In Brazil, for example, 79% of employees said that they reported uh, observed wrongdoing. France, we talked about France for their low numbers for culture, but 83% of employees who observe misconduct reported it. Uh, Germany is in sort of along those similar lines, 78%. So, so it is an interesting thing that we, we saw increases in the U.S. We also saw higher increases in other places around the world. Pat, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us in our next episode when we take up one of the most troubling findings uh, in the report, and that's uh, 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 retaliation. Until then, uh, I look forward to continuing the conversation. This is Tom Fox again. We're going to link to the ECI 2021 Global Business Ethics Survey in the show notes. So take the opportunity to download it and delve further into its findings. You can reach Pat Harned through the ECI at ethics.org. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you'll join us again for another episode in this special five-part podcast series on the ECI 2021 Global Business Ethics Survey. This podcast has been a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.